Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Mm. We are gifted a guest experience from Mike Golick Jr. Making a Mike talk everything besides sports. We go through coffee, best breakfast foods, gambling money on sports. The fact they both have the same initials, MG. Tattoos, one of them has some, one of them does not. Notre Dame, Last of Us, and podcasting with your best friend. Y'all enjoy today's show. We'll catch you Tuesday. Manlius, New York. Hello! That can't be a real town name. Oh, yeah, it's a real town name. It's uh, it's just east of Syracuse, hmm. which we will get to in a little bit. I am making Cowboy Reed is seated to my right. Kingston's over the way. Uh, Chris, Chris remains in Anguilla, which, is that how we're saying it? Anguilla? That's how we're saying it. I don't know if that's how it, okay. it is said. And uh, today, uh, for us... Um, is International Women's Day. I want to be the first to wish your lovely wife and your mm. lovely daughter a happy International <laughs> Women's Day. Wow. Um, that's sick. Thank you, man. I'd like to be the second to wish them a, a happy whatever um, um, on their behalf, you know? And I'd also like to wish my lovely wife, Kate, a happy anniversary. We have now been married three years. We got married on March the 8th of 2020. Yikes. Ah, well, you know... Got to spend some time together that first year. Yeah, you got that right. It it was um, it was it was quite literally a different time. Um, Good thing you got it in. If you hadn't gotten it in on uh, March the eighth, you guys would have had to wait a little while. The thing about that is, we got married in her parents' living room in front of about ten people. Mm-hmm. So we probably still could have pulled that off. Right. But yeah, like my dad, for instance, um, he had a better time. Uh, this whole, you know, viral pandemic has kind of kept him in tours for the past little while. We've got Mike Golick Jr. on the program today. Uh, Mike is um, half a friend, and by the end of our conversation, I hope he becomes a whole friend. That's really how I've tried to utilize these couple of shows without C. Long is it's just making new friends with Tate and Randy last week and now Mike this week. Which it seemed like you did. Um, I listened on one of my plane rides to the uh, Randy and 
uh, Tate episode. Loved it. Thank you for Absolutely listening. wonderful. Thank you. Thank um, you. I also listened to the T, the uh, Return from Killy episode yeah. on another plane ride. Um, wonderful as well, but I really enjoyed the... Can I ask, why Why did you keep listening to the show? Like, if I was you, I'd be a little sick of it after listening to every single episode twice. Well, <laughs> yeah, so normally, every show, I listen to it probably like two or three, maybe four times oh, max. Brutal. Um, <laughs> I wasn't afforded that this time because I wasn't here in the room you know, listening, but I did want to listen to it as one of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it was the novelty of it being just me. You know, did he yeah. fall on his face? Did he say? No. Did he say um and uh <laughs> every other fucking word that which, made it unlistenable to? For which many. I texted you and I said I'm in the same category yeah. as which and and I told you despite that you know our perceived efficiency in that department i think we do a great job thanks thank you thank you for patting both of us on the back <laughs> i don't even think it's that i can't come up with the next word i think it's a cadence thing especially with the us maybe the um i'm searching but the uh is really a, a cadence deal i hate i hate how performative i can be on on this here show with chris with c long that guy's a pro man you're getting the real deal holyfield stuff this this is uh this is more of a put on, but I really like being here with you guys, and I'm excited to talk to Mike, and I'm excited for C Long to be here next week uh, when we'll get into there's enough when we'll get into some topics from around the sports world, including uh, the quarterbacks. You and C Long do have a very different prep methodology for interviews, I must say, whereas uh, <laughs> with. Chris, it's very interactive. We go back and forth. You know, he takes some of what we have. We get to hear what he has. With you, it is very much a mystery what's about to happen. Um, hey, guys, I, I think I'm good on, on this topic. I'll talk to you right before the interview. Um, can you send us some, some can you send make, me some Zodiac sign? Yeah. Does, does that make you nervous? or does It doesn't it make me nervous because <laughs> I know you. No, I know you and I know you're going to crush it. So I feel great. It's easier for me, honestly. Well, with Tato's hoops, I got the hoops part. I enjoy Done. the hoops. And with Randy, I, I knew a little bit about him and I was even over prepped. And with Mike, I kind of just want to talk about life and, and not necessarily talk about sports. But I take what I do is I take notes in my notes app in the days leading up to the interview, and then I just feel good. If I didn't feel good, I would say, hey, guys, can you help me out with some research? And so you said you take notes in your, in your notes app in the days leading up. What did you say right as we got off of mic? Okay, so now we're going to reveal that we've already taped the mic interview. I was doing a really good job of future tense there. No, that's okay. Let's blow it. It was, uh, it was a great interview with Mike Gold Jr. And um, I revealed to you that um, I, I had just remembered about all of the notes that were in my notes app <laughs> that would have been useful to use during the interview. But despite that, it was a wonderful conversation. Thanks, thanks. We, um, we, had, a, we had a nice little DM session where uh, we went through some topics. We hit just about all of them, and uh, I hope it's entertaining for you. Not a lot of sports, though, so you want to hit a couple sports items before we get into Gojo? Yeah. Lamar, the non-exclusive franchise tag, which I don't know if I remember existing. Uh, I'm sure we've heard about it. For many years but to me it's the Ravens saying hey if you can go get a fully guaranteed deal mm-hmm. go for it we don't think you're going to get it in part because no owner wants for that to be the new normal so it's interesting it's fascinating there's a like a 12 million dollar difference in the exclusive tag as opposed 32. to 32.4 the- 
to 45. Yeah. Um, and, and in the, uh, in one of these bigger deals, the owners have to have all that money in escrow. So for example, with, um, Deshaun Watson, they had to put aside that much money, you know, in liquid form and not as many of these owners have that. It's, um, al- it's also like two first round picks is a big cost, but it also depends on where your first round picks are. So the way it works is right. if you sign somebody to the non-exclusive franchise tag and they sign a deal with another team, that deal, o- that team owes two first round picks. If you're a team like the Colts or the Texans, you're talking about a top four pick. That that's a, that's a lot different calculus than if you're a team like, say, the 49ers. Yeah. And there are no poison pills allowed, which was really cool. Right. Did you read about that? Yeah. It's Steve like, Hutchinson. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't be the Texans and guarantee Lamar to be paid in $1 bills mm-hmm. by the Bank of Houston, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. that's That would be a poison pill for the Ravens to match that offer. Right, and it's further complicated because the 49ers can't, they they wouldn't be able to sign Lamar right. until after right yep, yep, um, yep after the draft because of their uh, you know wild first rounders that they've dealt. Um, so collusion's been a popular topic over the last I don't know six years or so. Do you guys feel like this might be a little bit of a collusive environment where like these owners are either expressly or without saying it to each other, like working in harmony to try to keep these guaranteed salaries down with Lamar being kind of like the test case? I will say it's, I, I saw an interesting tweet that um, someone had, had kind of mentioned that and uh, someone retweeted that tweet with the gift from American Pie where they go around the party and every all the guys are dancing with different girls and they're you know toasting mm-hmm. each other with their beers and it was like all the owners agreeing you yeah, know, not right. to do this. Um, but it's wild. Just last year, we had Russell Wilson of the uh, famous Denver Broncos. Mr. Unlimited. That's right. Um, getting all those draft picks, all that money, and it was, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful deal for the Denver Broncos. How savvy are they? How smart are they? A similar um, thought, I, th- I think, was around Deshaun Watson when he was signed. Wow, you know, they got such a big deal. Wow, you're giving them a lot of money with a guy who had a sketchered pass. Um, but... Wow, what a great, great deal for for all this. With Lamar, it's the exact opposite. It yeah. sounds like, yeah, for sure. Checkered. I think we're after checkered. Thank pass. you. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I thought I about letting it go. <laughs> I but pre- then you decided not then to I decided, let it go. Yeah, which, which, so if Chris were here, that's when he says like, um, like I'm an asshole, and I yeah. guess that's right. I you no, know, it's, I, you're just being yourself. Like that's the thing you thought of in your head. And then I say, and then I'm you just had to being say myself. It. And then he says, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> Which might be fair. Which I wouldn't say that that's an asshole right. tendency, just like that particular one. The thought process was, okay, he went with Skechers, I think, <laughs> and it's checkered. We could let it go, but it might be funnier if we just right. call it out. Yeah. Which I think is the name of the And game I here. appreciate, because what if I went down the street and exactly. I sketchered, 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 and these all yeah. people are like, damn. Hey, speaking of, I met for the second time, and I know maybe that doesn't make sense, but it had been several years. I met for the second time your dad a week or two back. You were on vacation. The loveliest guy. Oh, yeah. In Um, the world. Gentleman. What a gentleman, this guy. It's no wonder you turned out so great. Yeah, he is a very smart dude. He is he is the man in the hat. And he looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Reed told me his age, and I was like, what? Looks great. Good hair. Yeah. Cowboy's going to keep this hair forever. Randy, love Randy. Just oh, which he had. He took a he took a phone call. Not uh-huh. not in a uh, 
not in an obnoxious way. Yeah. Um, I believe it was his wife on the other line. Susan. Could, yeah. Couldn't have been nicer to her. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I would hope so. Yeah. No, they y'all are lovely, right. lovely relationship. Yeah. Rainy and Susan have. That's um, sick. These do, quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, sorry. real fast. I just want to know uh, where does he stand on the Randy draft? Oh, um, had I run into him <laughs> now? No disrespect. It was kind of like a um, uh, famous Randy draft. I totally understood. Okay, um, but if it's Randy's, I'm aware of in my in my orbit. Existence. Uh, one one. That's, Damn. That's Good Randy to hear. Yeah. He'll love that. Yeah. Shout He'll out. love the fact that he's ahead of Randy Marsh. Yeah. He's not a <laughs> for sure. He's not a South Park fan. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so okay. makes your team is the New York Giants. Yeah. Big signing this week. Yeah. Daniel Jones, four years, hundred sixty million. Want to get you on the record. How do you feel about this contract? Oh, how do I feel about the contract? Good, I guess. It's just nice to trust the people in charge. Uh, Joe Shane, Brian Dable um, didn't have that great a feeling with old uh, Dave G in, mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the big seat the last several years. So I just trust those guys. Um, I, I figured they make the calculus that if, if year one is the, is the floor, is the basement, and that's winning a playoff game, shoot, why not? It's hard to land a, a good quarterback. Right. And if, and if, 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 and I watch these guys every week. I still don't know if it's Isaiah Hodges or Hodgins. <laughs> uh, Richie James is running routes out there. I mean, he did a lot with, with, and at some point we just need to give those guys credit for having good years, regardless mm-hmm. of if they had been big names before. They, they caught a lot of balls, ran for a lot of yards, scored a lot of touchdowns. But yeah. I like it. I like it more than the Geno deal, for instance. I mean, DJ is still young. I, I don't know about the Saquon piece long term just because the Chiefs just won a, a Super Bowl with Pacheco, mm-hmm. a seventh rounder, I believe. Right uh, after the season prior, having a uh, exactly. early round draft pick exactly. you know, right off the bat. Jeff McKinnon. So well. um, the Bills might need to find that running back, but the Bills are, are super good without that piece. Um, so I you just, don't like the Geno signing? Is that what I just heard? I think they needed to do it. I would have done it. I'm just saying, if we're comparing contracts, I would prefer the the Daniel Jones. I contract. felt good for Geno, guy who hasn't really yeah, been paid his whole yeah, career, yeah. getting all that guaranteed money. For sure, he's going to make three times as much uh, in his first season as he has in his whole career. Wow, um, cool. How do you feel? So the Ringers, Danny, Danny Kelly, had a wonderful. Um, uh, quote, he said, the Giants got knocked up during breakup sex because of Daniel Jones being, uh, they turned down his fifth-year option. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But um, I'm no cap expert. The The fifth-year option would be just the one more year with Danny, and then we're doing this again. Right. So, but they would have been. It would have been different with Saquon. They could have done true. You know, a different deal. Saved a little bit. True. Um, this year, and Saquon so. got the got the tag, but they're going to try right. to work something out yep. longer term. Ten point one for him. He's great. I love Saquon. I just don't know about paying the the running back right. big money. I mean, who who are the highest paid running backs? It's probably Derrick Henry. It's um, Zeke was yeah Zeke. Which the Cowboys now, since they tagged Tony Pollard, Pollard have the most money. I think it's like twelve percent of their cap is tied up in running backs between the three that are on their roster. Um, the third has like it is like eight hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, but it's twelve percent of their cap, the most of uh, in 
NFL all time. Yeah. Um, but Zeke, it looks like Zeke's cap hit is the highest, 16.7. Wow. Uh, De- Derrick Henry, 16.36. And Alvin Kamara, 16. Okay, at, at risk of the folks in the comments saying, can't wait till Chris gets back, mm-hmm. um, what do we got? What do we have? Yeah, so we'll, Oops, we're admittedly not NFL experts, but we got some college basketball expert in here, Macon Gunter. Tell me about Duke's tweet because this caught our attention. Duke men's basketball, the official feed tweeted out, shout out Coach Shire on a strong first regular season, two exclamation points. And they listed four things, uh, wins, holding opponents to low scores, undefeated at home, and then one, quote, we consider this matter closed, end quote, away from ACC co-champs, referring to the ACC, saying that officials didn't handle the end of a game correctly. With uh, a little emoji eyeglass. Yeah, a little eyeglass thing. Yeah. So, congratulations to Duke. Uh, <laughs> champions of the Atlantic Coast Conference regular season, you dorks. Go ahead, take it. We, do, we don't care. You want to take the tournament crown too? Go for it. Shire, coach of the year, Devils, NCAA tournament champs. It's just, it's, uh, I enjoyed that tweet so much because every single other team has been the wrong end of of calls mm-hmm. against the Duke Blue Devils um, because of that coach, Mike Krzyzewski, which, hey, credit to him. He uh, built a career on influencing those officials, did a very good job of it. But whining. I mean, you look at the play that's, that's, that they're referencing. I, we don't need to get into it. The clock expires. The, the cat gets fouled. They, they, they adjudicated it properly. If that cat, Filipowski, had scored one single <laughs> solitary point in that game, mm-hmm. they would have won in regulation. I love the fact that the ref screwed him over. I fully embrace the fact that the ref screwed them, and I love it. It's karma. It's finally some justice for them. Seven, seven years ago when Grayson Allen Oh, Grayson Allen yeah. walked, Steve Wojciechowski. Shire had a good year, though. How many Coach of the Year votes did he get? I don't know. I, I don't uh, know. Zero, actually, I know. Oh, zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Any other ACC coaching news today? People are saying John Shire's the hottest coach in the ACC. I've heard Oof. this. It's still Tony Bennett. John Shire's good looking, but it's still Tony Bennett. I don't care how much salt he has to that pepper. Give me Josh Pastner all day. Uh, <laughs> uh, Josh Pastner, better looking than you think, but um, I, that's, I, I can't. I, yeah. I can't get on board with the with the Bennett slander via Shire. Shire's fine looking. He's, hey, it's yeah. a nice come up from the college days when Shire face was, was mm-hmm. all the rage. I mean, that was the original meme, Shire making dumb faces. Yep, trying to copy uh, JJ's shirt under the jersey yeah. a little bit. It's a glow up for sure, but that title sits in Charlottesville. So we got Mike Golick Jr. coming on. We can say happy trails to Mike Bray. Mostly. He could have beaten Tech last night. <laughs> I would have been all right. But yeah, Mike Bray um, seems like a cool cat. Seems like a um, um, a good basketball coach. Would have been nice to catch a, a bourbon with him yeah. at, the, at the bar in uh, South Bend. Yeah, I didn't really understand why they were really celebrating that he had never been there before. I think it would have been cool. <laughs> like Mike returns yeah. to the old haunt for one final time. And then are we saying happy trails to Jim Beheim? There's kind of a weird press conference yeah, today. I don't know are. if you guys saw it. Um, Jim Beheim first reported here on the Greenlight Pod, <laughs> is done at Syracuse. And it's a weird tweet. Um, I'll find the tweet. The back and forth the re- with the reporter was even stranger. The question was, are you saying right now that you're going to retire? Beheim says, this is up to the university. <laughs> 
Next question is, you want to come back? Beheim says, I didn't say that. <laughs> Next question, so what are you saying? You're not saying you're retiring? Dot, 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 Beheim. I just said it. I don't know. <laughs> question, so you don't know. Beheim, I said this is up to the university. <laughs> question, you're not sure whether... <laughs> Questioner is perplexed. <laughs> How will you make a determination about when you will come back? Beheim, you're talking to the wrong guy. Well, the right guy apparently be, uh, uh, seems to be the social media guy for, for <laughs> or gal for Syracuse men's basketball who has said, uh, thanks, coach. We appreciate all your efforts in making Syracuse a perennial power, and that'll do it. Right, 47 years. That's a ton of years. Wild and, that he lasted uh, that long. Reed and I were um, watching the game earlier, and Seth Greenberg, right after it, was like, "Yeah, he he needs to he needs, he needs to go needs to walk away." Yeah, he didn't like the transition to the ACC, which I get. The Big East had a great thing going. I didn't um, like it either. Well, no, yeah, we didn't like it either. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, we'll never forget that two-three zone. I saw I saw Louisville throw in a zone um, last week. One pass around the perimeter completely, <laughs> completely destroyed that zone. So to run the same defense for, I guess he did it the entire time. Especially one that you invented before the three-point line. Right. That the three-point line essentially rendered useless to well, just stick with it, it no matter what. Execute. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Stubborn. And we have a new head coach in, uh, in Syracuse, Adrian Autry. Oh wow! Who uh, he's he's bled orange apparently for over thirty years, uh, but he'll be at the helm of the Syracuse. Full time, orange. no interim tag. No interim. Meet your new head coach, a man who was bled orange for over thirty years. So this was clearly in the works, and Jim clearly doesn't want to walk away. Clearly, if he's saying all this is up to the university, and I'm not saying that, and you're talking to the wrong guy, and yet they already have his successor lined up. Yeah. Like if if he was on. He's being forced out. Let's On just call it what it is. Yeah, I think he would be excited to introduce. I mean, like they have the article Audrey. already written for the Syracuse yeah. school the blog about, up. about the replacement coach. Like. Wow. And uh, I think my favorite part of that press conference was him saying, oh, I guess you must have missed my retirement speech last Saturday. Right. Dog, you no one, everybody missed it. It wasn't obvious. Yeah, he's... um. Because he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> He's an ornery fellow. Um, really good basketball coach. National champion. Eh. Yeah. I mean, he did win a national title, but I don't know about really good. Ah, 47 years? I mean, the staying power alone. I mean, he had... He, he gets the credit. Mello was there, but he gets the credit. Yeah, good recruiter. What, that 86-ish year? Yeah. Yeah. He was in blue chips. He was in blue chips? <laughs> He has lots of funny sound bites just because he's an angry old guy now. Um, I look, um, uh, he made me cry in the year 2016. We yeah. don't get into it, but in Elite Eight, uh, Malachi Richardson more more directly. Um, he's a character, I guess. In that sense, he'll be missed. Hey, we've learned this year we missed we missed Coach K. We did. Yeah, we need that villain, and maybe Bayheim could have filled that void. I don't hate John I, he, I don't hate Adrian Autry. I was going to say, I think he did feel fill that void at least this season for, for me. He was in that I, scene. I know you're not a big fan of yeah. old well, Jim. I mean, just the the pomp, pompous, pompousness. Yeah, pomp, yeah. yeah sure. Um, I, mean, I thought you were going to stop at pompous. 
him being pomposity pump yes yeah um and every time every time he showed pompadus 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 pomp well love i don't think there's any love love is, is love. it yeah but uh anytime he showed shook coach bennett's hand it uh it seemed like uh in a loss for the for the orange mostly I will say, yeah mostly yep. um it seemed like he was uh he was disappointed that he was getting beat and uh that's a good thing yeah no doubt about it in fact, we should do a Miller Lite mention for Jim, Beha- Jim Beheim. I want to give him worst plane ride. Worst plane ride, yep. He has to fly home from Greensboro on the team plane, probably with the people who fired him, uh, all the way back to Syracuse. Um, and it's got to be pretty awkward. Everyone's saying thanks for 47 years, and then they're turning right around and saying congratulations to Coach Autry. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to hear all that. And again, like we said, like uh, that he didn't want to leave. So, sucks to suck. <laughs> Thanks for uh, the vil- the being the villain this season and being villain number two for the last forty seven years. Here's Mike Gold Jr. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You wanna remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. What a time to be alive, guys. You know, March is one of my favorite months to enjoy an ice cold Miller light, whether I'm watching college hoops with my buddies or I'm heading outside because the weather's starting to improve, maybe going for a hike. Uh, there's nothing that can beat an ice cold Miller light. Miller light has an incredibly dependable flavor. It's a light beer for people who love beer, whether it's celebrating a game winner or you know, commiserating your bracket getting busted, or it's uh, having a cold one on the trail. Miller Lite makes conversation with friends easy and fun. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks. Malted barley gives the rich, balanced, toffee note flavors and golden color you know and love. It's the original light beer and still the best one. Today is the perfect time for friends, family, and a great tasting light beer. Nothing beats the refreshing, clean finish. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Visit indeed.com slash greenlight to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash greenlight. Indeed.com slash greenlight. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coffee chair. Coffee chair. Coffee. Ever thought about that? The word coffee and then the word coffee. Ooh. Similar. Like Chris is a very coffee person. He coughs a lot. Yeah. He's, co- he's coffee. <laughs> and we're off. I always remember I had an English teacher that taught like English as a second language in high school who said for reasons like that, English is by far the hardest. It's like English and Mandarin are the two hardest languages to teach somebody. Yeah. Well, you got all the THs and the silent letters. Oh, not to God mention forbid, a PH. Not to mention coffee, coffee. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker. Got a buddy who's a coffee cat. Two very different meanings. You could have a coffee drinker and also a coffee drinker. That's right. That's exactly right. It contains multitudes. And even English as a first language, we've got people walking around saying for all intensive purposes, (laughs) just, just showing their asses. I, that's my favorite series of like tweets. I think it was like KFC or one of the guys from Barstool would always throw those up like people instead of saying Midas well would say Midas whale. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, most of you, like 60% of you are writing the word phased incorrectly. It's, there's no PH. Every time I mess it up, it's like restaurant where I will never spell it right on the first try. Watch this. R-E-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T. God damn. But restaurant is a blind spot for a lot of people. That's actually a bugaboo for me that's like the word i always get wrong yeah yeah that's fair hey uh mike golick jr is our guest host of gojo with mike golick jr how'd you come up with the title for that show there mike yeah really, jr. really really original stuff there i was asking them when we were going through i was like do you think the with mike golick jr is really necessary but i guess there are like it's also such an inside joke because the only people that ever called me Gojo were the Levitard show guys mm. because the first time I filled in with them, Mike Ryan, who was their executive producer at the time, was the alpha Mike in the room. And so since we had two mics, we had to eliminate that problem where you say Mike and two heads turn. And so for some reason, they thought Golik Jr. shortened to Gojo. And so I guess they didn't want to take for granted that anyone would get that because even saying it out loud now seems pretty involved. Are you aware that it's the name of some anime character? Yeah, that's the weird part is I'm actually kind of an anime guy and I haven't gotten to that one. But every time I would go to like, because you know when you're getting ready to name something, you kind of give it the Google search and people seem to love whoever this anime guy is. Mm -hmm. Gojo is a cool name, uh, generally speaking. 
was there ever any thought in your childhood of being Michael? So it's interesting. There's like, like every other person that I think is like a Mike or a Michael. The only time I ever get called that is either when I'm in trouble or my buddy's two-year-old, almost two-year-old son, for some reason, only calls me by my government name. His parents don't <laughs> call me that, but every time I go see him, it's Maku. So I don't know what it is about that age demographic, but yeah, no, never really gave that much thought. It was all like, I never had a nickname though. That's the thing. It was just Mike. No one ever even called me Junior, which that seems like it's a shot as dad, like step your weight up, get people to actually acknowledge you so much that they have to call me Junior. Mike and I are going to talk about a lot of things. We are, we're halfway to being friends. Um, Chris is on vacation seemingly every other week here, so he's he's kind enough to hand off the microphone. I made friends last week, Mike, with uh, Tate Frazier, College Hoops, and uh, Randy Scott of SportsCenter fame, Ooh. and um, we had a good time. I was overly prepped. I was very nervous. You know I'm a nervy guy because we've had – some interactions in the past, including a Waterboys charity event last year where I was uh, an auctioneer. I was a co-auctioneer, and I was very nervous beforehand. Um, and, and you told me in so many words as, as to go handle my business. And um, now you can tell the people how exactly I did. See, I was just going to say, I thought you did a great job. Like, You've got the delivery where every joke's going to pop because you've got that kind of like dry sense of humor. And I remember you did the smart thing. It's almost like prison yard rules where you walk up and you punch the biggest guy in the yard to set the tone. You immediately, I think, made a joke about Howie, if I'm yeah. remembering right. And that to me was like, all right, smart one there. Like get a Skechers joke out of the way, <laughs> liven up the crowd. So I thought you came in and hit all the right notes. Thank you. Yeah, I my co-auctioneer, I, I gave him a knock-knock, didn't give him any heads up, but it was a knock-knock, who's there, Howie, Howie who, Howie Long, do you think it'll take him to get it, get up here in his uh, no-touch no Skechers slip-ins or something to, to that effect? And it worked. I didn't plan any laughs in the crowd, and it worked. But I, um, I, I will never forget your um, support in that moment and I think this conversation here, wherever it leads, is going to result in a, in a long-lasting friendship. Like, I'm texting with Tate and Randy uh, this week, Ooh. so just look okay. out for that. This is, uh, that's a nice, it's good to know that that's the standard we want to get to because becoming phone number friends is a big step. Like you and I have been exchanging some DMs. That was how we negotiated this appearance. That's right. And... Once you take that step out, especially in like the sports media biz, that really seems to be like, okay, like this is different now. Now when something with, you know, Virginia sports, or if I have questions about something you guys have on the pod, now I can fire you off a ha ha text and we're yucking it up. So exactly. I, that's, that's the goal. I can't be outdone by Randy Scott. I love Randy Scott to death, but I cannot let him beat me. Tate texted, um, uh, we're finally out of the DMs, like all caps. That was the first text. And then I hit him back with uh, Andy Dufresne and Shawshank looking up through the rain like, uh, oh, yeah. I'm finally out of the muck. Here we are. Oh, see, you know what? Now you've got the wheels spinning in my head about what my like intro text is going to be because – that's a great that's a great gift for that. I always think of a song though when it comes to like liberation because 
when we were in the middle of training camp, every time we would get out of like the worst parts of it, I would walk into the locker room and the song Never Would Have Made It by Marvin Sapp would be playing. And mm. so I feel like just texting you maybe a screen grab of that because, you know, who would have thought we would have made it out of the DMs and into text messaging, at least I hope. Mike, I had a physical this morning at, at the doctor's office where one has a physical. And <laughs> sure. I... um so they let me keep my shoes on. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I kept my shoes on and maybe I, I wouldn't have wanted to because now there's going to be, there are going to be people asking questions, but it was six, four and a half. Now, two things that I've never figured out. I'm 36 years old. I haven't figured out breakfast and I haven't figured out shoes. So I walk around every day, uh, selling real estate in boat shoes, um, little dock siders, but I wear socks with them. Like it's a really weird vibe. I just, I don't want to go sneakers because people aren't trusting me with the biggest investment of their lives. And I don't always want to go dress shoes because they're wildly uncomfortable. At any rate, I asked the guys how thick the sole was. They said half inch, no more than a half inch. So six, four, uh, they got me at 175.6. That's pounds. How do we feel about that? That's usually the sticking point number for everybody. Great question. Not great. I would love to be um, 190. That's not realistic. Oh, so you want to add beef. That's your yeah. thing. You feel like you're on the lighter side. Okay, so we, we're coming to the doctor's appointment experience from two different sides here. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, love, to be, um, I would love to be a thick boy, but like a hot thick boy. Sure. Um, I, I, I've got the, the body of a of a 12 year old boy. And, um, I could stand to put on, uh, 10 to 15. The 15 is just never going to happen. Um, one eighty five, I think is within reason, but I, I need to eat more. I have a buddy who's tried to get me on a, a workout. Um, the kids, I love my kids, Mike, the kids are, are kind of, uh, uh, taking, um, the workout time away from my life at present. But I got a, this buddy who says, do the things, but I don't really care how much weight you're lifting. You have to eat more. You have to eat a lot more than you're eating. And I've just never done that. See, I feel like that's the part that, cause I don't understand how anyone gets anything done with kids as a single father of none. I am <laughs> already like, I don't feel like I have enough hours in the day. And I watch my brother who's got an eight month old right now and see how that has changed his world so drastically. And I'm in awe. Like, if I were ever to run for public office, I would run on the platform of once parents get to the airport, they don't ever have to pay for anything. Because yeah. they're in hell. You're all in hell once you step on the airport property. But that being said, I think in the workout problem, because, yeah, workout time's cut down. The eating, like... I feel like can Chris, I'm sure Chris had to gain weight for a while. I feel like he's got a bunch of the tips and tricks. You know, you dr cover everything in olive oil, you add heavy whipping cream to stuff. Like there's all those little life hacks to sneak in some calories and try and get you to like, instead of a 12 year old boy, a thick 12 year old boy. Chris also will walk in here and just eat handfuls of spinach. Mm -hmm. We'll have a bag of baby spinach. Is he fucking Popeye? Grab a handful and put it into his mouth. So I, I, you're probably right in that he has some hacks, but I don't know if, if, if he will have written the gospel on this. He played at about 272 and is now closer to 250 in real life. Damn, that's, that's where I want to live. I, like, I went to, when I went to my physical, I was, it was humbling. 
So when I played my last year, I play, I went to training camp with the New Orleans Saints and I ate way too much New Orleans food. I had been like a 290 to 300 guy my whole life. And then there was like a 312, 315 mm. guy by the end and learned what triglycerides were and that my blood had way <laughs> too many of them. And so coming off of that, I was like, all right, got to drop a bunch of weight. I got down into like the 250s for my brother's wedding like four years ago. And now I went back and I was 268. So like I'm a solid blocking tight end at this point and I need to get to more of a pass catching tight end. And I have the opposite problem where I've started eating to try and put on muscle again. And it's a lot of fun. And I miss just getting to eat a shit ton of calories with no remorse. But there should be a lot of remorse now because I am 33 and need to be a responsible adult. Let's talk Spanx. Spanx could have come up at any moment, but um, I, I cede the floor to you. You um, you put on man Spanx and, and tell us how it went. Yeah. I, I realized after I sent it to, like, maybe I'd finally <laughs> gone too far because, you know, my dad was on air from the time I was, like, 11 or 12 years old. And so everything we did, like my dad told us straight up, if it's funny, we're talking about it on air. You're just little content factories. That's all you are. And so I think I got too comfortable constantly sharing stuff. And so I posted that picture and like my family did not know I was doing that. And so all of a sudden my sister fires the picture of me and Spanx from Twitter into the group chat and is like, what the hell's wrong with you? And then my mom is like, wait a minute, is that online? Like when they're shocked, <laughs> considering we all came up the same way, I realized I went too far, but no, it's a classic case of like Twitter ads getting to me and me thinking oh this would be fun i am a thick boy i feel like this is something that could benefit other thick boys but when it sh i knew it was going to be interesting because it showed up in like a nondescript plastic bag <laughs> with no words on it other than chinese letters that was all that was on it and it smelled very chemically so i gave it a wash beforehand to make Good. sure yeah 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 I, I i can see something like that coming in the mail and and just being so excited that you jump right in uh, did it, what, what size did you order? So I ordered, and this is where I really messed up. So I'm an XL for most things now. And I ordered an XL for that, forgetting that it's probably not size for like, you know, people of our height. So like six, four and the, as wide as I am messed up the math on this. So I went to put it on and I went to hike it up. And as I was later talking to uh, some women that I'm friends with, Spanx are kind of supposed to go up to your bust line. And this one for me went up maybe like three inches past the belly button. So it just sawed my gut in half, made me look like a garbage bag that was overflowing and then gave me a stomach ache. So sizing was the issue. <laughs> Where are the Spanx currently? Will, you, will they be worn a second time? Do they serve any utility no i think at this point it's going to be strictly comedic value if those get busted out again because i tried to even put on clothes like i was getting ready to go out to dinner and so i put on you know like my lulu slacks and a button down and tried to do the with or without there was no difference like none there was absolutely no difference so they're ready to get another wash because i did trying to be an influencer sweat my ass off a little bit in them so they need to kind of go through it again Talk to me about Lulu slacks. Uh, slacks may also be a blind spot for me. Yeah, uh, but bonobos. You heard of this, Mike? Oh yeah, they've been pretty good to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe slacks is a bit disingenuous. Like, they're the a- Lulu ABC pants. Where they look like dress pants. And for someone like me who doesn't like wearing dress pants for fear of just tearing them completely down. The- I got flexible hips. And so sometimes when I bend over to get stuff, I forget there's also the ass back there. And I rip a lot of pants. And so the Lulu's unstoppable. They're a beast. If you live your life in slacks a fair amount, they are a worthwhile investment. Yeah, Matt's pulled them up. They are they are sharp looking. With with my babies at home, I'm a pretty clean eater, but I you know, you start to just take what you can get. Time is money, and if they're chicken nuggets left over, they're chicken nuggets left over. So I was a little bit surprised that I haven't gained any weight in the last year. We're we're holding steady at one seventy five. I want to talk to you about breakfast. Mm. Now, I I approached um Chris with an idea where every guest we ever had on, we would ask what they eat for breakfast, and then we would chronicle it with professional photography, you know, a good-looking picture of the guest. (laughs) Mm. And it's like a coffee table book about what people eat for breakfast. And that's trademarked. Uh, Unfortunately, you can't take it. Nobody else can either because I just said that. I think it's a brilliant idea, and yet I I can't stick to a breakfast. The only thing that I, the, where I notice weight stays on is during a oatmeal phase. And with oatmeal, I'll get the, the Bob's red mill. I'll put it on the stove top, put the water in there. And then I'll add uh, flaxseed because I'll, I'll pretend to be healthy. And those chia pet seeds or whatever the hell. And uh, a little bit of fruit, some banana, <laughs> some blueberries. But that's when I start to feel unhealthy because I'm not exercising. I think if you're exercising, oatmeal can be a good base. Um, for me, it, it doesn't work. Talk to me about your breakfast. I'm going to go through some of my history with uh, that particular meal. Okay, yeah. I, and, but I, I like the oatmeal. Like oatmeals, and every, like I'm, if I'm feeling, because I don't, you're a better man than me doing it on the stovetop. I microwave that thing. Like, yeah. It just, I, I am who I am. I understand I'm probably knocking out some of the health benefits, but like you said, you get to throw some blueberries or some bananas in there. You feel very artsy. I, I, I generally like that, but my breakfast, like I kind of Steve Jobs this thing a while ago where it's just easy for me to go on autopilot and do almost the same thing every day. So the base is usually some form of egg white omelet and then a couple of pieces of toast. That's kind of where I've lived. Sometimes I'll throw in like a yogurt in there. Sometimes I'll throw in a banana with a little bit of peanut butter. But more often than not, the base is just, you know, egg whites out of a carton and then a couple of pieces of like wheat toast. Okay, hold on. Egg whites out of a carton. We might need to talk about egg whites for a second. Um, Mike, what would you say are egg whites? (laughs) What are they? Yeah, let's say for instance I want to make an egg white omelet. Yeah. Walk me through that. Uh, so it's the little carton of all of the parts of the egg minus the yolk, and you just pour them into the pan, <laughs> let them get a little hot, throw them in, you know, throw whatever you want in there. I usually go some like cut up bell peppers, whatever leftover like meat I've got in there. So sometimes it's like ground chicken, sometimes it's other stuff. Throw that in there, a little bit of spinach, a little bit of cheese, fold wow. it over. Then you get to do the flip, which I stole this, like many other things in my life, directly from my dad. Because during the pandemic, he got in this big omelet phase, and he was so excited, made a big show about it for my mom every morning when he would be over in the kitchen, and he'd hit the flip in the pan. Mm. And I used to think, oh, man, dad's being silly. No, 
unique satisfaction. Even when you don't have an audience, when you stick the landing on that thing, it's phenomenal. And on the off chance you mess it up, now you just got scrambled eggs. Life's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've recently discovered hard-boiled eggs, which is going to be mm. different than egg whites. Hard-boiled eggs, you don't even need to make those suckers yourself. They'll put them in bags these days, your, your Whole Foods, your Trader Joe's, and then you can just eat them. Here's a trick, Mike. Here's a trick. You lay out a little paper towel, you put some salt and pepper on it, and then you roll a hard-boiled egg on it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Boom, you got yourself a meal. Dude, hard-boiled eggs slept on. Yeah. An absolutely delicious treat. And like you said, I used to have, it was called like uh like campfire dusting or something. It was basically just like mixed up salt and pepper with like a little bit of garlic uh, powder in there also. Just mm. throw those on top of it. Really not. The only reason that like I bring egg whites into the equation is because again, like two or three doctor's visits ago, they're like, hey, you got like a family thing, just naturally high bad cholesterol. So maybe cut out some of the egg yolks. And so I took that opportunity for breakfast, also a little acid refluxy. So I'm just trying to fight the good fight for, you know, the stuff in here. My blood pre- pre- pressure, what's the word? Pressure line is 110 over 68 and has been exactly 110 over 68 for my last five physicals. Doctor was blown away. Some some sort of medical marvel am I? That's neither here nor there. All right. I I often do the, the banana into uh, the Greek yogurt. Yep. I'll do the banana into the almond butter. It's just, it's... Uh, and I've even dabbled with the the intermittent fasting, whether intentionally or not. Um, I, I just I'll, I won't eat uh, in the morning, and then I'll keep that going for a few days. I'll drink the the shot of espresso as I do every morning. Okay. But, um, I found that can be satiating, whereas the the banana on its own, then I'm hungry ninety minutes later. It doesn't. It's all it, a mental game. Yeah. Yeah. That- Cause I'm with you, like the intermittent fasting people's like adulthood. Part of it is just accidentally finding yourself fasting. Cause like you said, you get up, you got kids, you're doing a bunch of stuff and you just forget to eat. And it makes the caffeine that first dose hit a little bit harder. The espresso shot is some grown folk stuff. Like Mm. I basically just go black cold brew every morning. Sometimes I'll mix in a hot coffee when I'm lazy, but the espresso you're about business. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I am. This is a little touchy, Mike. Um, because Gojo is brought to us by DraftKings. Do you gamble money on sports? I I do. I do as uh, from time to time. I know. Uh, I don't think I'm as deep in the game as you, though. Like I know you really like to, Ooh. you know, branch off from some non traditionals and really get into the weeds on this stuff. So I think I got some ways to go before I ascend to your heights. Here's what's happening. And by the way, I can feel myself. I'm being performative with Mike. Why can't I ever be myself on We need to talk about podcasting. Why can't I just relax and be me? Why do I have to put the clown paint on and this weird (laughs) affected voice? And why can't we just talk normally? It's hard, especially in the hosting chair. Like, I love being a podcast guest like this because I'm just following your lead. You've got to have this idea in your head of where you want stuff to go. You've got to set up and provide context. You've got all the hard stuff. And, like, that's what I normally do on mine. And I catch myself doing the same thing from time to time. It's hard because you put on podcast voice. Like, you would appreciate this. My best friend from back home that I went to high school with is a realtor in West Hartford, Connecticut. And when we would go to the gym or be out at dinner, 
center, I would always give him shit because whenever he would get a call from a client, he would put on what I called his real estate voice, <laughs> would immediately snap into it where it's, oh, hey, hello, how are you? Like everything softens. And I feel like we get a case of podcast voice. I totally understand. I don't want to say that I'm a better realtor than your boy, but I will say that my real estate voice is my normal default voice. This podcast voice is different. Um, and, and I think it's because I have a complex about not being interesting, which may not be a complex and just be real. And I just, I've said this now on every single show I've done that where, where Chris hasn't been here, but I, I just don't speak well extemporaneously big word because I like to think about what I'm about to say. I can't just, I can't just go. And yet that's what we're trying to do. I'm circling back to gambling money on sports. How in the hell are you doing five podcasts a week? Is it still five? You and Brandon? Yeah, it's, it's five. I, but like, I always tell people like how you come to it matters. Like what did you guys start off doing as far as podcasts a week? Um, it was only four years ago and yet I, I couldn't tell you two, maybe two, I think like I came to this from doing sports talk radio five days a week for four hours a day for the last five years of my life. So doing an hour, hour and a half podcast every day on my own schedule, it's like when you take the donut off the bat in the batter circle, mm -hmm. like I get to swing a little freer and I, and I like to talk about things once, like compared to that it's a lot easier lift day to day, even if it's like still different in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, content ever searching for content. Are you, are you leaning on the guest? Are you, uh, ever at a loss for words? Um, that's, so that's where like, and you know, you and Chris know a lot about this. Like that's where having Brandon there is really helped like going to do a new thing to be able to do it with a guy that I've known since I was 17. And like, we were in the same major at Notre Dame. So for three years, we had all the same classes every day. In addition to all the football stuff, we did a lot of the behind the scenes. So we were just together all the time. And I know him well enough to where even if there's like maybe a lighter day content wise, he's always good to say something I never could have imagined. Like all of my mom's favorite moments on the podcast are things that Brandon has said. It has nothing to do with what her own son's done. It's all funny shit he said. So yeah, part of that's the guests, part of that's, and also it's like, we got the freedom. If we want to cut it short a little bit one day, we just cut it short a little bit one day. There'll be a whole another hour for people tomorrow. Have you guys gotten into a fight? Because shortly after you were here for the Waterboys event, Chris and I, uh, we broke up. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm glad we've gotten back together. I said, hey, pal, um, I've, I've sort of reached a wall here. I need a bit of a break. Um, everything's super, but we've just come out of the spring real estate market. Uh, before that, we had just come out of the football season. Um, I'd love to take a little bit of time. And to his credit, he said, all you need, all good. So that was a month. It turned into to three months, in part because Chris went to Montana. Uh, come to find out later, also in part to his resenting that I took a month off. <laughs> oh, but, wow. Well, so yeah. wait, is he on revenge vacation now? Is that what this is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he said, see wow. how it feels right now, where you don't have any, any Browns bills to talk about week 13. See how that goes. Man, really leaves you in the lion's den or well, leave you in the trenches taking grenades, I believe is the line that I was looking for there. 
but I did I did think of you guys because it wasn't there wasn't like a there wasn't like a fight that happened. It was you yeah. needed time away, and then there was the resentment that followed that. There wasn't one like main moment, right? For the yeah. most part, yes. But we we had gone through a spell <laughs> of being testy with each other. Gotcha. And um I like you and Brandon, Chris and I have known each other since we were uh, 10 or 11 years old. Um, so um, I, I don't know. He, I, I, we just, we know each other very well. We know where the buttons are located and sometimes we can't help ourselves, but push them. Um, and we're also in the, the same room for several hours, a few days out of the week. And that's, you know, that's hard. Our our personalities were very good friends, but for whatever reason, um, um, the kind of friends where absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think sometimes. <laughs> well, and it's tough too. The more you know someone, like I always found this when I was doing the show with my dad too, and I've noticed it with Brandon, where I'll get a lot more heated up, heated up, and get back because, like, when you have an argument in the locker room, like. It gets heated. You'll yell back and forth. Like I've yelled with plenty of my best friends and arguing about dumb sports shit like we talk about on the podcast. And I always find myself getting a little more hopped up when it's my dad or when it's Brandon because I know him so well. I know where a lot of this is coming from. And you come with 17 years or in my dad's case, 33 years of like background and history together on some of this stuff. And you're a little more willing to be honest, like be blunt about it than you would be with someone you just met who you're trying to like still feel out. You're kind of podcast dating them. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit different. Brandon and I did have a moment at the Super Bowl. That was, I think, our first fight since we started doing this. I thought of you guys, and I thought of that conversation with you and Chris <laughs> at the Water Boys because we were leaving Super Bowl opening night, Monday of Monday or Tuesday of Super Bowl week in Scottsdale, and it was over at the Footprint Center where the basketball teams play. And we went up after to the media food area up at the top of the arena, like every sporting event you've ever been to, they've got the media like press box food set up there. And it was build your own taco station. Great. I just came off college football season. I'm a gigantic shit pig. I live for this free food. <laughs> Let me get after it. And so yeah. I go up there and I go through, I get my tacos. I come back over. I sit down to where Brandon was putting a bunch of stuff and I'm like, all right, like I can watch the stuff if you want to go up there. And he said, Oh no, I'm not eating that. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, oh, no, it's it's out in the air and it's been picked over. I'm not eating that. I said, you're too good for the media food. I said, you work in the media and you're too good for the media food. <laughs> and so then I was just like, all right, like this seems silly because you're going to be hungry. But okay, so then we leave. We go down to my car and I was driving Brandon. And my parents live in Scottsdale. So I was going to drop him off at his hotel and then drive back to where my parents' house was. Bit of a hike, but again... My friend, love him, want to get him better safely. Like five, ten minutes into the ride, once we've cleared there, he's like, he's hungry. hey, I need you to take me to In-N-Out Burger to get something to eat. <laughs> I said, the fuck? <laughs> I said, we, that we had food there that you were too good for, and now you want to go to a fast food restaurant where you think the health standards are somehow markedly better than what we just dealt with over there? And so on principle, I didn't take him to In-N-Out Burger. I was petulant, and I took him to Culver's instead, which is still very good, but I just I thought it was closer and more on the way. It ended up being really far away and actually like fully cutting off my nose to spite my face. 
got him as Culver's order, and the whole time was just beside myself because he had positioned himself as too good for the media food. I'm like, you're a former D lineman who works in the media. You can't be too good for the media food. And I admit I probably went a little overboard, but I, I was just that was the moment for us. That's funny. Uh that's funny. Chris has Chris has always been worried about genuinely, and I appreciate it that the podcast would, would swallow the friendship, and we think at, at times it has, but we're also different people. Chris loves to, to be on the streets on a Saturday night, whereas I don't like to leave home. My, my favorite thing to do is to stay home. I watch my stories. I eat a piece of chocolate cake. I got my dog, Zoe Rabbit. Um, yeah, I know. You'd think the chocolate cake would start to put on the pounds. I was Choc- just going to say, I thought that was going right. You know, they say like a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. I thought you'd have asked for days with that. Well, it's flourless though, Mike. And uh, um, okay. maybe it's the flour that, that, that takes it to the <laughs> hips. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a chef. But yeah, we're just, uh, you know, he, um, he and I are doing better about seeing each other in social situations outside the studio and uh i think we're gonna make it but it was it was very funny that shortly after that event we had to take a little break well you know sometimes a relationship needs a little break good news the thursday show we do with amp will continue 4 30 every thursday the green light team cowboy reed facts kingston uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fired off in the chat, we'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at 4:30 on AMP. Uh, check us out. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, like I probably would, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, 
exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code GREENLIGHT for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try it for yourself. These shades have been rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Segway, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Gambling money on sports. (laughs) So here's what happened. The podcast brilliantly gave me a little stipend Mm -hmm. uh, beginning of not this football season, but last. Here's some money. Use it to to gamble on sports, and then you'll talk about it on the podcast. We're presented (laughs) by WinBed. I did that, and then what happened was I became addicted to gambling. (laughs) And I say that um, while while towing a line, uh, given our wonderful sponsor, WinBet, because it's a lot of fun. It's so much yeah. fun. If it's a if it's a Wednesday night in March and you got a some conference tournament final is is surely tonight. And if you don't care about a, a Kennesaw State, which I happen to care about, um, you know you throw a couple of bucks on uh, on Kennesaw State and Abilene Christian. It's delightful. Now where I got into, into trouble was you're right. So I I ran out of the money they gave me to to play with deposited a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, ran out of that money, but then I decided to get it all back. So I deposited <laughs> a bit more money, and once you know it, I won it all back via um, being disciplined, doing what I know, which is college hoops, and then I'm yeah, 60% on the NFL. So I got it all back, but then in in, in some quiet moments, like you're, uh, you're waiting for the baby to 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 clear the sleep out of her eyes, so you throw a few chickens on a on a tennis match that's going going on on the other side of the world, and um, wouldn't you know it? Very quickly, um, you you lose all the money that you had won back. So I've taken a step back. I think it's great. Um, uh, uh, everything in moderation. You know, it's a delightful service here to have a, a checking account linked directly to your cell phone that's then connected to. Um, about 10, 18 to 22 year olds who, uh, who knows what the hell's going on with them. Um, talk to me about your uh, gambling on sports experience thus far. Yeah, I think you hit on why it's having the moment and taking off the way it is because it's got the ability to make any game fun. Because mm-hmm. not every game is fun, but gambling can make every game fun. Because all of a sudden now, like you said, there's stakes that I care about in this. And they could be like little... I think that's my favorite part is it can be the most random shit about the game, especially with all the parlays and stuff like that. You start rooting for really abstract things. You end up doing... Like Katie Nolan, who is a friend of our podcast, always has the line that a lot of people turn uh, recess into homework when it comes to sports in the way that we approach it. But if all of a sudden there's money on the line you got to do a little bit of homework with some of the stuff you know. I do. I was always influenced by a lot of the producers that I worked with in radio, who especially during the pandemic, there's no sports going on in America. The shit they gambled on during that time, because I think like Russia was still playing table tennis at the time in the wee hours in the morning when we were coming in, and you know, like women's hockey and all this, like they just found whatever they could. And watching the passion 
during the show. Like I'd be on air trying to talk and you know, you got people in the room with you. You're kind of looking for feedback and I would look at them and they'd be losing their minds, fist pumping and cheering, high fiving. And I'm thinking I'm crushing it. And then I get to the break and I realize that one of them just hit a parlay and cashed in big time off said Russian table tennis or something of that ilk. And I realized, okay, this might be where things are going from here on out. So I'm like, I am where you were like a step and a half ago where trying to stick to what I know, NFL, a little bit of college football, obviously have to, you know, work around because I called games on radio this fall. So never betting on games I'm calling or anything like that. But Smart. You get a, yeah, Smart. you know, you don't want to go down that road, not trying to get Pete Rose from college football radio, which is a comparatively lesser Hall of Fame, but a Hall of Fame nonetheless that I'd like to keep myself mm-hmm. eligible for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying, I want to try and branch out more because this is really the first year where I've started doing it. And so like, what's like March madness feels like the, the one place where it's easy to come in and just start throwing it around a little bit and have fun. Like the end of year going out of sale type situations to me are fun. Like the super bowl, I took everything I had left in my account on DraftKings, and I found some way to bet all of it during yeah. the year. Yeah, I wanted everything riding on this one game, and it made it a freaking blast. So <laughs> I want to try and work out that same sort of deal with March Madness, even though I haven't watched a ton of college basketball this year. Uh, I would caution you with one thing, and it's it's built into to what they call the tournament, uh, March Madness, okay? So the, the six-and-a-half-point favorite, that looks like a sure thing on the money line, uh, no such thing during this NC2A tournament. Nothing I like more than December, January, February college basketball where you can predict how these kids are going to react after uh, a big win on a Saturday night followed by a, a letdown on a Monday night. Oh, uh, that's, the, that's the best part about college sports too is it's so much more like game theory and psychology than it is the actual like quality of the teams. Like – you're looking at like, all right, like who's got finals this week? Who's right. coming off some sort of break? Yes. Who's had like an outbreak of the flu on their team? Like the NFL's actual skill on skill, and these guys are great at stuff. College kids are wild and unpredictable. And so when you find like the little pockets where you know shit's going on with their personal lives, then all of a sudden it becomes very easy to start to see where these upsets pop up. So I'm with you. Make a plan, stick to it. We have the same initials. Those initials are MG. Uh, how have you found the initials MG to be throughout your life? Pretty solid. I would say when it comes to, so when I was a kid, I was obsessed with cursive, love yeah. writing in cursive, spent a ton. Third grade was the year where you were supposed to learn cursive. And I was such a nerd that I would be on the bus, like back half of second grade, just practicing cursive. Cause I wanted to hit the ground running. You don't have to get ready when you stay ready. I was a cursive all-star. And what I found out in writing my name in cursive a lot was the G tons of fun. You can throw a ton of sass on that thing. The M not nearly as much. Oh, I might have to send you a couple pictures. Um, <laughs> so the G I've struggled with, this is going to be Im- impossible podcasting, but I've done the, the big loop go down. It's kind of like a lowercase deal. And then you, and then you keep going. I've yep. done the real old school cursive G that like our, our grandparents did, you know, Oh that yeah. can look cool. Once you get it down. Um, how many other, I, I feel like I've had lots of, I've had a G that looks a lot like an S had that for about a dozen years there, uh, through high school My- and college. 
Mine kind of ends up looking like an L, if you can picture it, because I do that old school G you were talking about, yeah. but I hit it real short on the way up, big loop at the top, Ooh. and then end up shortening the G at the bottom so it kind of swoops underneath. My college friends always used to make fun of me because, you know, when we we're getting to college, you would do signings and stuff at the spring game, so you wanted to have kind of a consistent signature. So I'd be bored in class just writing it down because I'm extremely vain and I don't pay attention. And my teammates would always joke that it looked like my name was Marvin Lacey. And to this day, that's still what a lot of my friends will call me in our group chat. So when I pull up Mike Golick's Golick's signature, it's your dad's. I don't have any idea what he's doing with his G. I see the Olick, but I do not see any sort of G. In fact, there's a little X in the middle of of that G. That's a a fun time. Go Google Mike Golick's signature. My dad and his is one. I think I used to practice to like forge on school documents or something back in the day, or just because I was bored. Also, his doesn't make any sense. I don't know what he thought an M was at the beginning of his name, but I can assure you, the thing that he tries to pass off as an M, that's not an M, not in any world. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, You have tattoos. Do you have a favorite tattoo? Do you have a least favorite tattoo? Have you covered up any tattoos with new tattoos? So I'll start in reverse order. I've never covered up a tattoo with any new tattoos, but I have two that are my least favorite that serve as a reminder of the only true statement I know with tattoos. It was on a sign at the first tattoo shop I ever went to. It said, no good tattoo is cheap and no cheap tattoo is good. So when I was in college at Notre Dame, it wasn't quite like the Ohio State like weird tattoo scandal, but there was a guy who tattooed us on the cheap. And because I was a very original 20-year-old in college, I thought, you know what? These pillars of my life, faith and family, those will be the things I tattoo in Old English on my biceps like a douchebag. And so on one side, (laughs) what happened was though, when you pay like $20 for a tattoo and they go in and do the whole thing with a shading or the outline needle instead of a shading needle, it heals like shit. And Mm. so on one side, I got it touched up. So the side that says faith, I got it fixed because I eventually got all these tattoos around it. On this side where I got family, you can see it still looks little and shitty. (laughs) And so it's a constant reminder to myself of what a moron I was and how getting tattoos between 18 and 21, like if you can get out of a college sports locker room without getting a bad tattoo, you either have incredible self-control or more money than your peers. And I wonder now if all the NIL money coming in will increase the quality of the work done. Because the idea is it's still going to be like 900 prayer hands, like you're going to see those a dime a dozens. I'm like everyone else and have a cross with wings on it because, again, I'm wholly unoriginal. So I've not covered any of them up. My favorite one is uh, I got a beautiful woman on my forearm. That was the one where I finally like was an adult. I had money. I went to a place that you know was going to do a good job. The only like caveat with that one is there's a watch on it, and I don't know if you can see. It's supposed yeah. to be like a beautiful like chain watch. But on it, it says in like the digital font now, as in the time is now. I get it. So I, that wasn't my choice. This tattoo artist, like her whole deal was you kind of tell me your ideas. I'm the artist. I'll pick the imaging. I'm like, great. I would rather outsource this to you. You're a professional. Like this makes sense to me. And she really liked the watch with the time is now. And in my brain, I'm like, all right, well, I love the rest of the tattoo that she's done for me. And it's kind of hers too. Like it's her art hanging on me. And so if she really likes this. 
I feel like that'll be a concession I make until I realize that in addition to saying now when you read it downwards, it One. says Monday when you read it from my <laughs> angle. And so it's like now is always Monday, which seems hellish. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Lots of questions. Uh, this woman, th is this a specific woman or just a woman? No, I have, uh, I've, I've done like the joke too, where I like tell you like, if you ever see her, let me know type thing. Cause you get asked that all the time, but no, no woman in particular, just my tattoo artist literally said to me, Hey, I do hands and faces really well. Yeah. This is the biggest real estate on your body that you're tattooing right now on your arms. Do you want hands and faces? I said, hell yeah, let's do it. Like back when you said, wholly unoriginal, um, you said, here's a here's a circle back to the english language what you said was w h o l l y but really it's also h o l y because you got god all over yourself with this uh faith business i know and like that's the other weird part too is so i started getting tattoos when i was 19 or 18 something in that range and you know i'd gone to catholic school my whole life i was raised catholic i don't like totally like do religion anymore and so i've got a bunch like i've got mother Teresa words here i got the wing cross like i got a bunch of religious stuff and i don't necessarily like believe in it the way i did anymore which is fine because again like my number one thing i tell people is make sure it looks good and it's done well because if you're a human being and you're an adult and you're thinking your beliefs might change a little bit over time and so the work all looks nice and it was well done and so i'm all cool with it but it is just funny to look down and it's like yeah, like, sure, maybe. Go off, well, Mother T. And, and I hate to break it to you, I think that woman is actually Mary Magdalene, who is um, a very prominent figure in the Bible, so you've doubled down even more. Yeah, I know. It's I, I couldn't run from it. Like, uh, like even like the, the other side, I have, so above the Notre Dame, the Basilicon campus, a big deal, awesome, awesome building there, great church, fun mass. And we used to have pregame mass there before every football game. And we would walk in from the side entrance. And above the side entrance, there's this big mural to all of the people from Notre Dame who lost their lives in World War I. And so there's like two eagles and these big crests. And so that's what I got. So even this other tattoo is actually from the side of a large religious building. I can't run from it. Give us the state of Notre Dame. Um, Mike Bray exited stage left last night. Tuesday night um, football program seems to be in good standing with Marcus Freeman lax club number two in the country. How are we feeling about the Irish? Are you aware are Notre Dame are Notre Dame people aware that um, the rest of us don't really like Notre Dame? Very aware. Okay. Very right. aware. Yeah. Mo and more often than not, we, we delight in that. Like it's, you have no choice. You kind of have to embrace it. And so we got, we're fully aware. And I okay. honestly, I, I kind of understand too. Like okay. I, I get it. Right. There's some things that we do that I don't always like either, especially from a fan base point of view, but I think we're generally good. Like women's basketball program back on track. Neil Ivy took over. She was a one national championship under Muff, champion under Muffet McGraw. She took over. And now I think in year three for her, They've been great this year, regular season ACC champs. Their two best players are out, so the tournament may not go the way we want to. Um, football's great. We've got, I think, the hottest head coach and quarterback combo in the history of college football. I think I can say that confidently with Sam Hartman and Marcus Freeman. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. oh. 
when I yeah, when I think Notre Dame football, my my, my brain hasn't clicked over to Sam Hartman yet. I, that kid is gorgeous. <sighs> it's it, it's unfair that now in this day and age. You're Sam Hartman on a college campus, and you already look like Sam Hartman. And like, I don't need to need to tell you, you know, ACC guy, very familiar. Wake Forest, they've got an incredible pipeline to the Bachelor franchise from that school. They got two former <laughs> Wake Forest football players that have wound right. up as contestants on the Bachelor. And so Sam was already tracking in a strong direction. He's got that rugged, good look thing about him. Now he's on campus, and like, I don't know the specifics of any of it, but I assume all these college quarterbacks now are getting NIL money, and so. If you're making in the even five-figure range as a college student and you're handsome, your yeah. life's got to be incredible around school. Yeah. I, like, so between that and Marcus, who already made us as likable as we're going to get when it Agreed. comes to Notre Dame football, I feel like we're in a really good spot with them as the foundation, handsome as hell. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do want you guys in lax real bad, though. That's... My roommate at Notre Dame my freshman year was a lacrosse player. I spent a lot of time with those guys on that team. I always wanted to be the first team, you know, out west, quote unquote, you know, east at, west of the Mississippi to win a national title and Denver robbed us of that. So I got to live with that. But this is our year. Like this is Notre Dame season. This is a revenge tour for getting jobbed out of the tournament last year. The way, yeah. I mean, the way they went about that was indefensible. They changed the process because mm-hmm. Notre Dame was 100% a tournament team last year and got snuffed out of that in a way that I do not agree with, and now they are back on the revenge tour. Great goalie. Uh, Lynch, the face-off kid, is dialed in. We've never really had good face-off guys consistently in the past. you got two Kavanaugh's down in the attack. We're a buzzsaw right now. And so, one of them named, like, Patty or something like that? <laughs> we do. We have a Pat and we have a Chris. Perfect. Yeah, okay. we got a Pat. Pat just had the game winner against Maryland this last weekend. So we got dogs. we got dogs in the house. We're ready to go. I don't think you want any part of the nation's number one country, the Virginia Cavaliers. But, hey, think up some stakes. We'll make a wager on, on the game. We, we play uh, – Late March, who's Irish? Just think on it. Done deal. I like this. This feels this feels us. This is the beginning of our friendship right here. The foundation. Speaking of us, Mike, the last of us is a TV <laughs> show on HBO Max. It stars Pedro Pascal or something like that. Bella Ramsey. I don't like any sort of sci-fi. If it's not real, I don't want any part of it. And yet. I can't get enough of this thing. Um, the whole fungus zombie thing um, isn't really that part of the. It's not crucial to the to the story, which is good. It's story. It's it's a it's a character development show. Nice arcs, uh, some high stakes. I, I don't. I also don't care about the video game part. Um, what what is what has been your take on um, a show that has only one episode left to go here? I'm I'm sad to report. I know I I I've been talking to like my sister who watches it and a bunch of my friends. Everyone very sad. It's been incredible. Yeah. And to your point, like it's for anyone. I come from a background. I love zombie movies. I love sci-fi films. So all of that stuff massively appealing to me. I actually bought a PS5 to play this game. I haven't owned wow. a game console since 2014. And now I'm playing along with this game just because anyone I talked to who had played it said it's one of the five best video games of all time. It is an incredible story and they've done a really good job adapting it. But I think the apocalypse or I guess the post-apocalypse in this case 
is a really cool place to be able to tell human stories like you talked about. Because you've got this backdrop where everything's gone to shit, but somehow people are still making it work. You still got kids going to the mall to try and start their little love story there like we saw mm-hmm. two episodes ago. You had the Bill and Frank episode with Nick mm. Offerman where you had this whole love story that existed inside this world. And so I think it's a really interesting backdrop to be able to do these things. And I think they've done it really, really well. Don't spoil it, but do you know what happens if you've played the video game? I don't. So I started the video game after I started the show, and I decided I was only going to play in the video game as far as the show had gone. So I'm in the middle of playing the most recent episode right now and working through that, which has been really hard so far, and I've heard it's the hardest boss in the game. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, well, with the the, the pedophile and all, you know? (laughs) I, uh, oh, man. I, uh, can't you, can you lose? Uh, it's a video game. I, I would assume you can lose. And then do you go back to the beginning? So great question. They've kind of, and this was all a learning experience for me. Video games are basically movies now where every once in a while you got to hit a couple buttons. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking really of like NHL 94 is where I am. I'm the same way. Like I Halo was big when I was in college. So that was my last real con that and like Grand Theft Auto. This one, you don't really go back far. They save the points pretty quickly. And so when you die, which in my case is often, like the amount of times I've had a clicker give me a really big kiss, Uh. too many to count. They really mess you up. And I found out I can't play this game before bedtime either because I made that mistake of doing it last week. And I was laying down in bed and all I could hear was that clicker sound of them like (laughs) roaring off in the distance. And I realized I may have flown too close to the sun. So the game's been awesome. It's been really a lot of fun, but I am also like terrible at it right now because I haven't played in so long. Mike, I, I DM'd you about this. Um, what if we tried to do something genuine here as we wrap up? Somebody in your past, a teacher, a coach, a mentor, who hasn't been given his or her flowers, who hasn't gotten the credit for the success of, of our guy Gojo. Can we highlight somebody? Can we, can we lift somebody up today on the show? Yeah, we can absolutely do that. And I think he's gotten credit, but I want to give him more. And it's just because he recently retired. So my old offensive line coach from Notre Dame uh, was a guy by the name of Harry Heastand. He actually coached Kyle at the Chicago Bears for a little while, um, a few years back towards the end of Kyle's run there. Great name. And awesome. it, he's like the Madden create an offensive line coach, super O-line coach name. When you see him, he's just stout, you know, looks like he wants to hit somebody at all times. And he was my O-line coach for one season. I had four O-line coaches in five years at Notre Dame. Coach Eastam was my very last one in my fifth year, senior year. And it was the only year I was a full week one to end of the season starter. And he believed in me when very few other people did gave me the opportunity to go out there and earn and keep the job was honest with me when I was falling short of those things. And then, you know, you go through all of that with him. It was the hardest season of my life. He was the most demanding coach that I've ever played for, but truly like the way I talk about football now and the way that I approach working now are things that were deeply impacted by the kind of values he instilled in us in that room. Like that shit mattered to him. The Notre Dame offensive line room mattered a lot to him. And, 
you know, success wise, he's the guy that, you know, helped produce Zach Martin and Ronnie Stanley and Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson and all these first round draft picks for Notre Dame were coach he stand coached guys. And I was never going to be one of those guys. Wasn't talented enough, like wasn't good, all that stuff, but he got the best out of me. And even after that, like when I'm trying to play pro bowl, he went out of his way to write notes to coaches around the league with my highlight tape to try and help me get a foot back in the door. Like to this day, outside of my dad, there aren't a lot of men in my life who are as important to me from like a mentorship standpoint as coach Eastan was. So I would definitely, I always said I could write the book on coach Eastan. Like that man's done a lot for me. And you know, usually when you've got an O-line room of his coach guys, you got a bunch of dudes that would step in front of a bullet for that guy. So I Lord knows I would. That's awesome. Big ups to, to Harry. He stand, uh, a cat whose name I didn't know, and now I do, and I'll never forget it. So, so good on you, Mike. We talked very little sports. I love that. Sometimes it's enough with the sports. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, we just need to get through uh, height, weight, breakfast habits, etc. Uh, I appreciate you very much. Everybody, go check out Go Joe with Mike Golick Jr. You're really great about reminding the people to review and rate and subscribe and all that good sort of stuff. You. You, let me give you your flowers. You are the person, I'll never forget it, who told me that uh, Stephen Adams is 29 years old. I, lo- I learned that. I'm a big research guy, you know, went back through some gojos. Uh, 29 years old. You could have told me 38, and I would have believed you. Stephen Adams, I think, still might be my dad. Like, I know <laughs> he's 29, but he still might be my dad. So, yeah. yes, that was mind-blowing. Um. um He's only six years older than Ja. We don't need to get into the sports stuff. We'll we'll do that. Um, I mean, it is crazy though. Like you heard about that players only meeting they yeah. support, like Sham said they had. If Stephen Adams telling you to act right yeah. can't get you to act right, like he was the one that probably would have taken down Shannon Sharp if they really had it out with the Grizzlies. Yep. If that dude can't get you to like scared straight, it's gonna take something wild. I don't disagree. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Listen to Go Joe. Mike and Brandon do a great job. Um, we'll talk uh, stakes of the lacrosse bet here in a little bit. Thanks, man. I'll, te- I'll text you. Okay. Yeah, text me. Text me. We're friends. Yeah, you the I'm gonna bite you.